This is the new LOL podcast, and I am Karen Stewart. My goal is to challenge you, motivate, and encourage you to live your life boldly as a Christian out loud. Do me a favor. If you find anything of value, any motivation, any encouragement, help me spread the word like this. Share it on all your channels. And thanks for listening. Let's get started. Have you ever heard a person say, I just don't hear God speak, or God doesn't speak to me? Or, when I pray, God doesn't answer my prayers like he does other people. I've heard people say, if you need something from God, you need to get so-and-so to pray for you because they know how to get a prayer through. Or, this person or that person can pray heaven down, which I still don't completely understand that one, but that's a whole nother. Anyway, sometimes, based on our experience or on our expectations about God, we could draw the conclusion about what God will or will not do for us. And those conclusions will impact and influence the kind of relationship we have with Him. Not only now, but it almost like puts a cap or limit on us going forward until we change it. For example, maybe you've heard someone give a testimony about God healing them. And maybe you have an illness and you prayed and God has not healed you, not yet healed you, or not healed you in the way you thought, wished, or desired. You can come to the conclusion that God will not heal you. Or, Maybe you've read in the Bible or heard someone give a testimony about how God has miraculously provided for them financially. And maybe you have a financial need or have had one and you prayed and God did not answer your prayer per your request. You can come to the conclusion that you cannot depend on God to provide for you, so you got to take things in your own hands. There's so many scenarios that I could give, but, you know, those are two of the biggest areas that we seem to deal with most often. And there's a lot of reasons why prayers are not answered in the way or the time we have desired. That could probably be a whole multi-part teaching in itself. But this week, here's the question I want to ask you. If the Bible says that Jesus is a healer, which it does, and you pray, and did not get healed. Does that mean that God is a liar? Or if the Bible says that God will provide for his own, which it does, and you have a need or suffer lack, does that mean God is a liar? Now, most of us would never say those words out of our mouth, right? <laughs> most of us would never even acknowledge that we think or believe that at all. But if you say, God may do those things for some people, but he doesn't or won't do them for me, then you are essentially agreeing with Satan that God is a liar and cannot be trusted. It's pretty strong, isn't it? I did an episode a couple years ago called The Big Lie, and I just simplified that whole encounter that Eve had with Satan in the garden. 
I know pretty much all of us have heard or heard about that story, but you should definitely check it out in Genesis chapter 3. The whole premise of Satan's argument was to call into question God's word and his integrity. In Genesis 3.1, he starts out saying, did God really say that? He knows that that'll never happen. Now listen, the Bible says in John 8.44 that Satan is the father of lies. So that means whenever a lie is involved in any situation, you know that Satan is behind it, no matter whose mouth that lie comes out of. If you or I lie about anything, anyone, or about God, Satan himself has influenced us and is behind those words, period. Satan, the father of lies, who himself is incapable of telling the truth, one of his primary goals from the beginning has been to convince mankind that God is the liar. And when we say God may do this or that for someone else, but not for me, when there are more than six places in the Bible that state clearly that God does not show partiality or he's no respecter of persons, then we are in agreement with Satan himself. We are in agreement with the liar. And if you set yourself in agreement with that liar in any way and about anything, you can be sure of two things. One, you will experience a very limited portion, if any, of God's will and desire for your life. And two, you will have a surface and shallow and limited relationship with God, void of any true intimacy. How can I say that? Because it is nearly impossible to surrender yourself to and passionately love someone that you cannot trust. And how exactly do you trust a liar? So here's why this is important to think about right now. This is the time of year when almost everyone has made their New Year's resolution goals, right? And I'm sure that almost all of us have heard the statistics about the success rates for New Year's resolutions. Researchers at Scranton University did a two-year study about the success rates of resolutions, and they found that for the first full week, only about 77% of people had kept their resolution. That's the first week, right? And at the end of a two-year study, only 19% of people had been successful at whatever it was their goal was. You probably have heard or read that the period between mid-January and mid-February, right now, is the time when most people abandon their resolutions altogether and move on. And now I'm not a scientist or a clinician, but let me say also, because I've been there, when that does happen, most people are full of guilt, shame, and feelings of failure. And none of that's God. Now, I'm not aware of any studies that have been conducted about the success rates among Christians. Maybe I'll conduct some informal study at some point. But I can't help but feel like it should be a different story for us. We are not alone in any endeavor in our life. And as such, our success rates for everything we do in life should be significantly above any other specific or general group of people. 
Because our relationship with God, our surrender to him, our complete reliance on him should be the single factor that dictates our degree of success. One of the reasons I believe New Year's resolutions consistently fail is because they rely on our own personal ability to change ourselves and modify our behavior. And it's not like we can't do that to some degree. In fact, all of us have the ability to modify our behavior. Many people do just that very thing and manage their sin and call it freedom or healing or deliverance. That's a whole nother subject. But behavior modification is not the same as transformation or freedom or deliverance for that matter. Transformation is when a person, an action, an attribute, a thing is changed from one thing into another thing. Changed, not tweaked, not adjusted, or not kept in check. So right now, you're right at the point where many people are struggling to maintain focus on their resolutions for this year. And if that's you, I want you to check in with yourself and ask yourself this question. When you set and define your goal for this year's resolution, was God involved in that decision? Did you yield that desire for change to him? Or did you just set in motion a plan for you to change whatever area you want to live differently? And if you did ask God into that decision, do you honestly and truly believe that he is willing to help you and bring about that change in your life by the power of his spirit? If you want to see success, you have to be honest with yourself and with God. Saying all the right words while in your heart you actually believe something else will not yield results. And if after you check in with yourself, you have to admit, I really don't know if I believe God will help me with this thing, then it's time for you to repent. Because here's the thing. James said this in his letter to the Jews, chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. When you pray and ask God for anything, you need to do it in faith because doubt leads to double-mindedness and instability. And in that state, you should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. So that really says, if you can't ask in faith, you're pretty much wasting your time. And if you don't believe that God is a man of his word, then you are in agreement with Satan. And when that happens, you make a partnership with him that allows him to traffic in and through your life in any way that he chooses. Your agreement with him gives him legal right to afflict you in any way he chooses. And that can be the source of a number of the challenges that we face. So what do you do? First and foremost, you have to repent and break agreement with that liar. Because until you renounce all agreements you've made with him, knowingly or knowingly, he will have free reign in your life. And then when you pray, and honestly you're not sure you believe God or take him at his word, just make a choice. Remember, you can believe anything you want to believe. And just say to God, listen, I believe to the best of my own ability, but please help my unbelief. Just like that story in Mark 9, 23 and 24, Jesus said, anything is possible if a person believes. 
And that father of that demon-possessed son, he said, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. That's all we need to pray. We can be honest with him, and he is willing to meet us right where we are and help us. Listen, there are a few things that demonstrate to the world around you the power and reality of the God you serve than a life that has been transformed by his spirit and by his power. And when people can look at your life and see the evidence of transformation and change, and when you can boldly give the glory and credit for that transformation to Jesus, then without even trying, family, you will be living your life boldly out loud.